come on. Yeah, come on. It's like that. It's like that. Hello and welcome to my young, loyal listeners of Teen Bible Study Talk in 10 Minutes. So what do you know? Word on the go. This podcast is brought to you by and produced by Real Time with the Bennett's, where real talk happens all the time. I'm your host, Minister Bennett, of today's episode, and my co-host is the lovely Sister Bennett. Beginning this week, all scriptures used in the episode can be found in the summary. In this week's episode, we will be discussing serve, an act that requires sacrifice according to God's word. Yeah, that's right. Come on, come on, come on. Let's talk about the biblical meaning of serve. Perform duties or services for another person or an organization. Matthew 24 says it this way. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You can't serve God and yourself. You got to serve God only. Joshua 24, 14 and 15 tells us this. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua got that right. As teens, you're probably wondering, okay, you define what serve means. You read a couple of great scriptures. What does all this stuff about serving? What, what is all this stuff? What does this have to do with messy relationships? <laughs> it has a lot to do with it. But we have to kind of look at it from a biblical perspective. Here we go. Serving others requires us to sacrifice. And that's a big word. And that's a tough thing for us today. It's hard for us to sacrifice. Sacrifice means foregoing something that you want or desire for someone else. And, and when we have that self or that me mentality, sacrifice is never something that we would ever consider doing. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Jesus Christ sacrificed it all to serve a dying world full of current and future sinners. Jesus died knowing that we were going to sin, that we were going to be born in sin. That is quite a sacrifice. Now, here's another sacrifice. Now, that was Jesus dying on the cross. But what about this? Watch this, watch this. Jesus just didn't sacrifice his life. He gave up his throne to demonstrate the true meaning to serve those you're in relationship with. We find this in John 13. You should read it all for yourself. It has a lot in it. And the reason why this, this is a, a sacrifice, Jesus knew that Judas was going to betray him. Jesus showed some forgiveness. Jesus washed their feet. He did this out of love. Jesus explains the importance to Peter of why this was needed. He encouraged Peter. Jesus attaches two things, a promise and a blessing to the act of serving others. Jesus said, if you do these things, you will be blessed. God has a greater reward for you on the other side of this life, which is called eternal happiness. You guys want to know how can you serve as a teen? That's a really, really great question. I think I have a couple of reasons how you can do that. Living for something greater than yourself would be a great start. It can't always be about you all the time. That's that me syndrome. You sacrifice for yourself. You serve yourself. You wake up and go to sleep to the throne called yourself. Ecclesiastes 12 and 1 tells us, Remember also your creator, which is God, in the days of your youth. Who can be greater than you? God. That's easy. Living for others more than yourself. Okay, I was a little harsh with number one. You weren't born again to only think about yourself all the time. If you were to live with a greater or a better purpose, wouldn't that look something like this? To glorify God by serving and loving people selflessly, no matter how difficult that can be, those messy relationships, this 
would be an act that was intended by God to be a priority in your teen years as shown in Ecclesiastes. You see the connection here? Okay. Living and learning. You must absorb yourself in the word of God. You must view each day as a day to grow in God. I can't think of one surefire way to grow in God. And the only way I could think that can be is to study God's word. You must keep yourself planted into the word of God because that is the only way we will grow. And finally, living a happy life. Now I know that one probably seems strange. You're probably thinking, what does this have to do with serving? It's human nature to seek in religion what we can't find anywhere else. See, when people are in trouble or people are bothered or people are scared or afraid, they turn to God. Whenever tragedy strikes, they turn to God. And you're no different, my, my young friends. You do the same thing. What is this? It's an unflappable happiness that we find in God or in religion. What does that mean? It means God is happiness. That's why we seek after God. God is love. God is peace. God is all those things in your life. Bottom line, happiness can't be found in your bank account. It can't be found in your iPhone. It can't be found in your Instagram, Facebook followers, your Facebook friends. It can't be found there. We find true happiness by learning and doing what God called us to do, and that is to serve others. Let's get at what God has called us to, young people. Let's put our, th- let's put our angst aside and let's, let's put our differences aside and let's focus on what God has called us to, and that is to love one another and to serve one another. In summary, God requires us to be more than self-serving individuals. God loves you so much that he asks his son, Jesus Christ, to be a living example of true service, even in a messy relationship. Let's not forget Jesus washed everyone's feet, including the betrayer Judas. Why? Because Judas's life was bigger and more important to God than anything Judas did, had done, and was going to do. Getting back to my summary, because I don't want this point to be missed. Service requires you to be present. Jesus was in fellowship with his disciples when he washed their feet. He was there. Jesus was present when he went to the cross to die for our sins. Jesus was present when he fed the 5,000. Jesus was present when you walked down the aisle and gave your life to him. Here's the takeaway. Don't let the example of restaurants that have went from full service to self-service buffets. Don't be like full service banks that are closing in favor of cash app. Instead, follow the lead of Joshua, declaring this day that for him and his family, that they will serve the Lord because he knew that this day will come that you and I would need to know that serving the Lord is way more desirable than serving ourselves. I will leave you with this quote. A person's most useful asset is not his head full of knowledge, a house full of furniture, a pocket full of money, or a closet full of clothes, but a heart full of love and an ear ready to listen and a hand willing to help others. Hey, let's see what they're rapping about over here in the conversation corner. Hey, Minister Bennett. What y'all rapping about over here? You know how we do. We were kicking it, and I believe there was a little confusion around the word serve. Some of them believe that the word means to be a slave. I get that, but we talk more, and then they begin to understand that to serve is just what you said in a nutshell. Giving up of oneself to help another, not looking for anything in return, unselfishly serving God. We look briefly at 1 Corinthians 9, 19, which says, For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win the more. So there were a few confused looks, and I explained that in order for us to win more souls for Christ, we have to serve others. I asked them to give me examples of how they can serve people and win souls just by their conduct. 
So they started giving examples such as serving in the church, meaning ushering, uh, greeting guests and making them feel comfortable and welcome, helping with children's church. Some of them actually have a real gift with kids, helping in the kitchen, helping with the cleaning of the church. Then they begin to talk about serving in school. Some examples were tutoring, helping students who are struggling with subjects that they themselves are incredibly good in, helping teachers around the school. Uh, then they begin to talk about serving in their communities. And some of the examples were at the library, where they would read stories to the children. Another example was helping an elderly neighbor mowing the lawn, grocery shopping, moving furniture, and things of that nature. After hearing this, I thought, yeah, they get it. They understand that they are not slaves, but servants who are winning souls for Christ by giving up some of their time to help others. And guess what, sweets? Who do you want me to guess? It's never a bad time or a bad thing to be a servant for the Lord. As always, please don't forget to subscribe and share so that you and your friends will get all future notifications when new and exciting episodes are uploaded and posted. Until next time, stay safe and live a life holy and acceptable to God. After all, it's your reasonable service. With a special thank you to LJ Productions for post-productions editing techniques and used for this podcast. This podcast was sponsored in part by the Body of Christ Church in Waldorf, Maryland, Pastor Kenneth E. Stewart, it's Christian Education Ministry in association with Real Time with the Bennetts. Or Real Talk What? You got it. Happens all the time. Yeah, it's like that.